This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album two, track one. Welcome to album two of the 10 Minute Health BizCast. In album one, we focused on inefficiencies in chronic care. In this album, we're going to focus on healthcare opportunities and innovation in technology, service culture, and delivery models. As I write this intro to album two, we're in the resurgence of COVID during the summer of 2020. Observing the last few months, I've got a number of predictions about the healthcare sector in the U.S., and I'm going to start album two by outlining these predictions. First, and very significantly, Healthcare is likely going to drive the outcome of the November U.S. presidential and congressional elections. COVID has ravaged the world, our population, and our economy. Early on, it mainly ravaged the blue states, but now it is ravaging the red states also. By the end of the Vietnam War, everyone knew a family that lost someone in the war. We're a bigger country now, but by November, we will all know a family that has lost someone to COVID. I know six now, including my own family and a very close relative. By the time this track is published, I'm afraid that I'll know more. In the 2019 Global Health Security Index, released by the Nuclear Threat Initiative and Johns Hopkins University, the U.S. was ranked as number one in the world for preparedness in the event of a world pandemic. But we've not lived up to that ranking. The COVID crisis, a healthcare crisis, is going to be a top issue in the election. We don't talk politics on the Health BizCast, so why do I start with a discussion about the election? Because with the COVID crisis, I anticipate a major power shift in our politics in November, and I anticipate healthcare reform is going to be the top issue in America, right behind recovering the economy, and closely followed by sick pay reform based on heightened awareness about the need to avoid contagion in the workplace. This is my second point. We're likely to see significant national health care reform on the agenda and a congressional majority with the ability to pass it. The healthcare sector is too diffuse and too important to the economy for this to be a national health service like England. Instead, expect it to be the revival and reformation of the Affordable Care Act or something like it, extending coverage and making coverage affordable, and then continued use of waiver programs and healthcare exchanges to find better ways to deliver healthcare efficiently. One of the points we continue to make on the Health BizCast is that inefficiency in healthcare drives significant opportunities for successful businesses that can both generate wealth and improve healthcare for American consumers of healthcare. Third, as much as I dislike this, COVID appears likely to be with us for another six months to a year, maybe even 18 months. And this is going to disrupt the U.S. We're in the gap period. Let's call it the great hiatus between the world economy before and the world economy after COVID. We'd hoped that a two-month lockdown would fix it. And now, five months in, the resurgence of COVID has everyone reeling, including those of us with kids headed to college as freshmen. The short-term path out is less clear. Our job is to find the quickest way to get to the other side of the hiatus, the after, so that our economies can flourish. As long as we're in the hiatus, there's significant economic displacement, loss of health and wealth, and we have to struggle to move forward in business. 
for traditional businesses and business relationships. It's like working with your body halfway emerged in quicksand because everything is harder. It may be a limited window, but the companies that can develop products or methods that allow businesses to function efficiently during the hiatus have a major opportunity. Some of these products may be healthcare hybrids, my personal favorite this week being the mask with the drinking flap. I mention that mask humorously, but there are many potential ways and products that can help people be together in work and social environments while minimizing virus risk. And social interaction is the key to economic flourishing. When we talk about driving economic growth in normal times, we often point to cities or regions that are successful examples of the cluster effect. Silicon Valley, for example, for technology, New York for finance, or even Nashville for healthcare services. The cluster effect is the direct result of social interaction. Without constant social interaction, no matter how strong remote working technology is, we lose substantial productivity as an economy. I believe that most of the good ideas have not already been taken, and often they are so obvious that they get overlooked. There are some major opportunities during the hiatus to enable social interaction while limiting the virus, and we desperately need our country and businesses to develop and apply those ideas right now. Fourth, the U.S. government is going to have to continue stimulus programs until the country emerges from COVID in order to avoid mass evictions, foreclosures, and bankruptcies. Expect stimulus to continue and expect the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, to continue sending funds to healthcare providers to help them withstand the onslaught of COVID. Expect also that to the extent we remain in a hiatus, the government will begin focusing new ways to provide stimulus programs to financial institutions and landlords to make them whole in direct substitution for waiving obligations owed by their borrowers and tenants. Programs that are intended to maintain the financial status quo while we await the return to economic flourishing. Fifth, for healthcare, our current national crisis will accelerate many of the current trends, but in ways that we may not anticipate. The acuity principle says that in order to provide more healthcare to more people without bankrupting the country, we must become remarkably more efficient. And the way to do this is by providing care in the lowest acuity settings where care is appropriate. So the arms race in what we'll call the New healthcare models will continue. Technology, telemedicine, remote diagnostic tools, 24-hour urgent care, and orthopedics and ERs, and home health, for just a few examples. And what we'll call the traditional healthcare models will continue to adapt. Hospitals will continue to diversify down the acuity spectrum to own lower acuity facilities and expect that in the next 20 years, we'll have a significant shift from rural to urban hospital care. As the hospitals built under the Hill-Burton Act in the 40s, 50s, and 60s continue to age out and struggle adapting. In hospital care, anticipate a strong hub-and-spoke model, which, unless built by the free market, will start to be built by government intervention and allocations. Anticipate that rural communities begin to get healthcare through technology and 24-hour urgent care in ERs with complex healthcare handled in metropolitan areas. Many of the rural hospitals as they exist now are unlikely to be economically viable as hospitals in 20 to 30 years, and for many, much sooner. In senior housing and nursing homes, 
expect providers to continue to diversify into related services like home health and to diversify into affordable care settings, which are a major expansion opportunity now that many areas are experiencing saturation in high-end senior living facilities. Expect healthcare to move beyond bricks and mortar, beyond walls, and healthcare transportation and hospitality will be major opportunities as complex conditions move toward treatment regionally instead of locally. And as an indicator of the future, here's a bit of data. Between 2016 and 2018, zero digital health companies went public. In 2019 and 2020, six digital health companies have gone public as of July. The door is opening wide for healthcare tech, and opportunities will only grow. Finally, one of the most important lessons of COVID is that adaptability is key to business. This is especially true in healthcare. I've kept my issues of The Economist magazine as we've moved through the crisis, and two covers are about to get framed together on my wall. The first is from February 22nd, 2020, with the cover showing tech companies represented as charging bulls, leading a strong Wall Street bull market. The second is from March 21, 2020, with the cover showing the earth in space with a closed sign hanging over the world. Oh, what a difference a few weeks can make. This pandemic is a terrible thing. It also creates desperate needs and disruption and opportunity in a healthcare industry that has much room for efficiency and growth. So to close, I say to our listeners of the 10-Minute Health BizCast, be bold. This is your time to create successful healthcare companies that save lives and deliver better care to your fellow citizens in the world that set the arc of healthcare for decades to come. We need you. Godspeed.